G'day all and welcome to Inside NBA. I am at NBA Wiz, and you can check us out on all the socials at Inside F Sports. Today's podcast is a special one. We're bringing on guest Dan Titus from Yahoo. So if you draft in a Yahoo league, you want to know a little bit about X ranks. If you want to know a bit about how rankings work in their system, about their ADPs, about the inner workings of Yahoo, we cover that. We cover the life of an NBA analyst, his journey there, some hits, some misses, and a whole bunch of keys to success, and even stacks in Yahoo. This is a must listen if you are in a Yahoo league. And if you are in a Yahoo league, don't forget to take advantage of the discount code INSIGHT at Fantasy Scores. They give you insights into drafting with Yahoo. They help you to punt. They help you to project your team. They give you the Z scores to help you give you the best insight in your NBA drafts that are coming up very, very soon for fantasy basketball. Check them out, fantasyscores.com. Use promo code INSIGHT for five US dollars off. Enjoy the pod. For the Spurs foul. Miami go for the three right away. Just attack the basket. James catches, puts up the three. Won't go. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. History title. Welcome to the Ultimate Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Boom shakalaka! What's good, Hoopers? I am at MBAG. We're also known as Matty G from the Inside Podcast Network on this Inside NBA show. And joining me for a very special edition today on a Saturday morning here, Friday afternoon, in the Pacific is Mr. Dan Titus from Yahoo Sports. How you doing, Dan? Doing great, Matt. Thanks for having me, dude. And that 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 intro had me hyped, man. Um, the the Ray Allen buzzer beater, but also the uh, the boom shaka boom shaka lock at the end uh, brought me back to my uh, my beautiful past time NBA Jam, man. I love it. We're going to talk about a lot of things today, probably including fantasy, most predominantly all time top five video games, Golden Eyes on there, Mario Kart. You throw in the classics. 2K every year, even though they just, it's 2K, you're going to say it. But NBA Jam was, I think, the, the most elite game coming up. Um, what's been like your come up, I guess, like your experience in video gaming, in fantasy that's brought you to be like, what's your job, Dan? Tell people what you do. Uh, I have the best job in the world, man. And I, and I don't take that lightly, for real. Like it's a, it's a dream job because like I was a kid growing up, always collected trading cards, always was in the video games. And so like anytime I had a chance to like, follow a player or like look at the back of the card and learn about their history where they went to college um just their production i was always obsessed with numbers and so like i took some of that useless knowledge and i was like oh well now there's games to kind of support that so i started playing fantasy around 2001 um started out with this this uh one website called small world where it was like an original like salary based um team building exercise where you know, the values would change and then you could add different players based off of where, you know, they fit into your salary cap. And I was obsessed. And then after that, it kind of gradually moved on to doing head to head with my friends through high school. And then I always kind of maintained at least one or two leagues through college. And so I've always been playing fantasy um, for the last 20 years. And it just so happened that recently, you know, during the pandemic, I was at a full career, you know, working in the aerospace industry, doing project and program management for missiles and satellite programs and i was like yeah this is cool but like i'm just gonna just go and like just do the bomb thing today and then just go and talk about fantasy that's fine 
No, so that's the funny thing. It was like I was sitting in like these closed areas. I'd have to leave to go to the parking lot to do my my transactions if there was breaking news. Like I had to jump on this because like every league I play in is like usually pretty competitive. So like the fact that I was valuing that over like, you know, kind of doing my work, what actually pays me. I thought that was kind of a sign of things of things need to change a little bit. And I was at the point in my career where I was like, you know what, let me try to do something different. So um, I went all in on fantasy. I started writing for fantasy pros for free. And kind of built up that sweat equity and just learning different things in the process that eventually led me to get an opportunity to talk about fancy basketball on a podcast and then write about it more and then eventually getting to to Yahoo, which is a pretty unique opportunity. So, yeah, couldn't be happier, man, and, and extremely blessed to uh, be able to talk about a game within a game, man. It's it's awesome. And way at insight, like I know myself, Brano, Dell, all of us, like we just love numbers and looking at it. And like we've we do a lot of sports, like you do as well. So you're not just an NBA head, you're a fantasy head. Like I read your stuff on Yahoo about NFL because you're a fantasy head, man. And I'm like, I'm trying to get around NFL. For the- Dude, I, I play baseball too, man. Like it's it's crazy. Like I chose like the two sports that I that I probably leaned into the most to get get into the industry was baseball and basketball because I'm like. They don't really get too much coverage. I know that people play them, but they're also the longest season. So people's attention span usually gets a little bit drawn out and like kind of like they're over it. Whereas football is kind of like one week, I guess got to set some lineups and then it's over on to the next week. Whereas you got to do a lot more roster management and, you know, analysis, I think, in baseball and basketball. So I was always just more interested in those. And I think that that's actually the unique path that kind of got me to where I'm at now is like, hey, football is super saturated. Go talk about stuff that someone else isn't talking about. So there's probably room if you guys are playing fantasy hockey, fantasy soccer, there's probably some room for growth there. Oh, 100%. And I think it's like here in Australia, we've got the NBL. So we've got the National Basketball League. Come on down under and watch some games of some future NBA stars and obviously our homegrown blokes. Uh, but we've got NBL Supercoaches really kicked off this year again. So NBL has moved to a Supercoach platform. So we're doing shows on NBL Supercoach. So I encourage everyone listening to this NBA one just to check out what Australian basketball is like and what we're doing down here in Australia. Go and check out those NBL podcasts because it's sick. And obviously, there's the next program, which is bringing in NBA stars as well. Talk, like, do you remember that next fix? Like when you were first playing fantasy back on Small World and you were trying to transition to head to head, do you remember that first, like, fuck yeah, this is great. Like that hook, like that, like, like oh, you're about to win something. Like there was this, there's this one drop and you were like, that's it. I'm in now and I'm going to start four more leagues. I, like, was there a moment for you like that? Uh, I actually think it was in a loss. So at the time I had a girlfriend that I was trying to convince to get into fantasy. And like, I've, this is a battle I fought my whole life, like trying to find the one that, that actually digs this <laughs> still searching for it. No. Um, but, uh, yeah, she actually wound up beating me in this league. I was doing on NBA.com at the time. It was like the most janky, uh, horrible UI. Um, but for whatever reason, I'm not making excuses for the L, but it just gave me, I was like, yo, this can't happen again. So I went all in. I started playing in all these random leagues with with people. Um, and I think that was one of the things that was always really interesting about fantasy to me. It was like Yahoo and ESPN did a really good job of getting people that couldn't you couldn't find a community around you in your immediate you know locality. But like there's there's other junkies out there that you can connect with through fantasy. And I, I think I've always been I haven't been shy about getting into public leagues. I always find that it's it's always an interesting way to connect with people and like looking at the way people view the game and what transactions they're making versus, you know, the court of public opinion of the experts and stuff like that. So um, I think that was what really turned me on to was like the ability to meet more people, you know, across the world and the globe that appreciate as much as I do. But then also like 
I caught an L to uh to to my my then girlfriend, and I was like, not never hearing the end of it. So I was like, nah, I'm never. Was that your most like, get- like? Would that be one of your most uh, memorable moments in fantasy, or is there something else that's like the most? Like it doesn't have to be in fantasy. Like you did a fantasy thing, and something real world happened. What's been like the most memorable fantasy moment uh, in basketball for you? Um, so far, I think it was actually just going to the summer league this year. This is the first time I've been able to attend as a media member and being able to actually talk to basketball players and kind of share what I do and my involvement in the game, because it is a game within a game, but you know, these guys are still looking at their statistics. Like this game is getting way more analytical. So when I can just spew off, like, Hey, you shot 40% on catch and shoot threes this year. They're like, Oh, who is this guy? And why is he talking to me about this? Um, so I think that it's, like I went up to Troy Murphy or Trey Murphy, excuse me. Um, and I was like, hey, man, you were 40th in per game value this year. And he's like, I have no idea what that means. But dope, I guess. Man, I drafted. I got him in my team. I Man, I took some L's last year. I had Cade Cunningham. He went down. I ended up pulling in Trey. So he was like an absolute stud last year. He filled in great for, for all of the injuries in the Pelicans front court, man. He was a, he was unbelievable. So one of the things I asked him, I was like, Hey, so how can you get better this year? Like, what are you working on the off season? He's like, I got to get to the line more. So I was so disappointed to hear him, you know, get the, the MCL injury preseason, but like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not shying away from him. You know, he's only going to miss 10 to 12 weeks. So he should be back around mid November, maybe late November. Um, he's a guy that I think is going to go late in drafts. So you can stash an IL spots on Yahoo that, I wouldn't be afraid to get it because some people are thinking like, oh, is he going to start? You know, Ingram's going to be healthy. Zion's healthy. I think he's going to start, man. I think he's going to start at least at the three. And then you have Zion at the four and, and Valachunas at the five. I think that's going to be a really tough starting lineup. And then bring Herb Jones off the bench. Oof, that's going to be quite, that's going to be so disruptive. So we'll see what happens. But I think the Pelicans first hot take of this, first hot take of this, because you've just ripped this off for me and I want to get to you right there. So this is, you've just said that, and it's a little bit of a hot take that I want to ask you out straight away on that one. Do you think that we're in, and this is one question that I had for you later. Do you think that this will be the season that the Pelicans should have had last year? That everyone was talking up hype over the Pelicans in 22-23, and we obviously know they didn't reach that by any way, shape or form, injuries, the like. Do you think they're in line for that season this year that they could have I had last so, year? I think so, because... In all of those injuries, I think it they also allowed themselves to get some resiliency and see what their depth actually has. And I think that they have a lot. Um, Dyson Daniels looked pretty good in the in the summer league. And like, yeah, it's the summer league, you can take it for a grain of salt, but like he looks more confident. Jose Alvarado is an absolute pest. He's a guy that you can bring off the bench like a TJ McConnell that's just gonna disrupt. You don't need him to do a lot. He just needs to play his role. And I think that, that the ability that those guys on the bench that weren't normally going to get that many minutes but because all the injuries they had to i think that that made that team better and if you can get brandon ingram for more than 50 games if you can get zion williamson for more than 50 games this team's gonna be way better it just the health thing like that's gonna be one of my biggest questions going into the season is like is zion healthy and is he focused and if he is i mean you had an all-star there one of the best guys at points in the paint shots at the rim huge field goal percentage and also Top 10, top 10 NBA fantasy player. He's a top 10 NBA, potential top 10 fantasy player. Let's say top 15, not to be like too high. Um, Free throws won't be there and and his three-pointers non-existent. But outside of that, like he does the assists, he gets your rebounds, he can play defense. I I think that the Pelicans are a scary team that if healthy could definitely be, you know, within a top five in the, in the conference. I think, I think that that's, that's probably a bold take, but I think that they could, there's some teams kind of middling there that I could see kind of <laughs> it's it's a bit of a bold take but it is true because this is that like we were expecting this to be a western conference powerhouse last year and if it clicks together 
and, and if Trey comes back, as you said, healthy, and this is a healthy team. I mean, I, th- I think a thing we haven't seen in basketball is a healthy Pelicans team. Like it's just something that like we have this illusion of like this beautiful Pelicans team where it's like point Zion getting over the court. And he's a guy, again, like you said, with the free throws, you know, going back a little bit, like he's not, that's not his, that's not his wheelhouse. But if you're punting free throw percentage, this is a guy who's like value in your, like not in your league necessarily, but in your team to win your league, just exponentially increases. So that's one there. Tell us a little bit, you mentioned about the IL spots. It's obviously something that is in, fantasy platforms. Tell us a little bit about the Yahoo NBA fantasy platform and what are the key features that set Yahoo apart from maybe like your ESPNs or your fan tracks or your other leagues out there? I think that Yahoo offers some really cool features that previously weren't available. Um, so if you use other platforms, you might have noticed um, you have the ability to play against league medians. I think that that's really interesting for points leagues because even if your team struggles a little bit, they still could have some ex- success and you may lose. So if your team is still performing well and you're beating everybody else, like you should be rewarded for that. So I think that that's a really cool feature that they added. Um, also, you can play multiple opponents each week. Each week, um, One of the things I think that that's important because sometimes you just have bad weeks, but maybe your bad week is still better than, you know, half of the other leagues. So um, I think it's cool to be able to play multiple opponents. So that could spice up your league a little bit if you're looking for some differentiation. Um, but then also, I think it's just the analysis. Um I am the sole writer for for Yahoo, but we have really good partners with RotoWire and Roto World that, um, you know, we have a ton of great an- analysis that comes through that you get varying opinions on players, which is always good. You know, you don't want to be in some kind of a, you know, a silo, just getting the same takes all day, every day. Um, so I think we have a nice, healthy balance of that. But then also you get updated rankings. Um, and then also just I would say the the UI of it, the I don't know the last time I played on ESPN, man, it's been at least a decade. And from what I've seen, they haven't made that many more upgrades. And so, I- yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie, man. The UI for Yahoo, I find as a commissioner, because yeah, I commission a, le- yeah. a couple of leagues, look, the customization of it. I'm not hating on ESPN. I'm not going to hate on fan yeah, tracks. I'm not right. going to do any of the hate. I'm not a hater about it. I just have my preferences. Same. And because I'm also used to Yahoo, man, I can just jump on my phone right now, add my waivers, get on there, add it, set it, it's done. And I feel like the user experience, especially if you're starting out in fantasy, you want something that you're going to be able to use easily and readily and get your head around in fantasy basketball straight away. And that's, like you said, I think something for the user experience that Yahoo does very, very well. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think product is something that they pride themselves on. And um, they've been making slight iterations here and there throughout the course of the summer. Um, You know, obviously when the rankings come out, they're always not perfect. But um, I think that the Yahoo team does a great job also of like, one of the things I've always had to work through is positional eligibility. I know it's very tricky with now positionless basketball, but we try our best to get all of the players that at least play some kind of minutes in a certain spot. It may not be for a period of time, but you know, they've shown sus- uh, sustained um, opportunities at that spot. They should get, you know, the eligibility for it. So that's one thing that's always ever changing, but I think we've done a good job of, of trying to track the right players and make those adjustments as such. And I think that goes across as well. Uh, fantasy platforms, not just Yahoo is that position eligibility. Like if you're a set pure center, like you need to be a pure center. You can't be eligible for the power forward spot. But if they're those guys playing power forward, this is the guys that I love in fantasy. And I think it's one of my top tips and tricks for anyone out there, especially if you're new or if you're just looking for positions in your basketball. A one center league is is generally enough in this positionless day and age, especially with how NBA rotations are moving. So you want to talk to your commissioners about that. 
But you want to get a guy who's a power forward because he gets you the forward eligibility. But if he has that dual center eligibility, you get that in the utility spot, you get that in the center spot, you get that in the forward spot, you get that in the PF spot, and you're golden. Like you can just milk so much more juice out of that in your fantasy competition and games. You don't have to bench a guy. There's nothing like, oh, I've got too many centers. Uh. And you're just trying to focus on rebounds. Like, Jonas Valanciunas, man, I drafted him late. I thought it was value, but now you can't play him because you've only got one center and you picked up like Chet Holgren, who's only going to be, I think, power forward eligible and center eligible. And you want to roll that guy out there and and you want to get that guy out there probably more than you want Valanciunas for that matchup. So yeah, one of the guys that I was really high on the last two years was Pascal Siakam because he got the rare three positional eligibility. He had small forward, power forward and center. And for how much he was passing, you can slide him in your center spot. Like, whew, that was a cheat code. Um, but I think now he's he's been, he's lost one. So I think now he's power forward and center, but I still love him at center, you know, like for what he can do from a variety of categories and also, you know, Roto leagues, um, points leagues. Pascal Siakam's just a great fantasy player. Um, he's going to be even better now that Fred Van Vliet's gone. So yeah, that's definitely a guy that like fits that, per- that power forward multi-position eligibility spot perfectly. You, should, you can plug and play them. You can plug and play them anywhere you want. It's, I, I know when you look at your draft, you're looking at best available player, yeah. but just look for that eligibility. I think it's just a really, it's just a little thing that people forget because you get so high on a player and you're looking for the name and you forget the brackets. Yep. It's like if you're doing a math equation and you got to do like bod mass and you got to figure out which ones first, you're like, oh, I'll go do the brackets first. <laughs> do the brackets first. It's like primary school mathematics for analytics. Just look at the fucking brackets, man. Dude, you'd be you surprised, like, man. Oh. Twitter would tell you differently, man. People are doing all kinds of crazy math these days. I'm like, wait, the math is not no, no, mathing. No. This is not what I learned in grade school. This is not mathing. This is a, but, if, but the brackets aren't going to lie. They're going to tell you like it's all great right. that you want to draft that guy based on the analytics and like your like your Z scores and everything like that. But if you can't put them in the team because they don't have a spot to go, then you're right. fucked. Exactly. And all your right. math is not going to matter anyway. Man, X ranks. What the heck is an X rank for anyone out there with Yahoo? Because when you get on Yahoo, I think it's something that your platform does. It's differentiated. So you've got the rank and you got the X rank. WTF and X rank because people like do their heads in about them, how they come to them, but sometimes they're really valuable because they get them right. How are they informed more so than a, a rank or how are they not alignment? What is an X rank for those who are new to Yahoo? Man, that's the hope is that we get it right because the X rank is the expert rank and the expert is, is, is me. So hopefully I do get it right. Um, but the, if you're looking at the default rankings, that's usually a, a compilation of, my my rankings, other partner affiliates that we work with, RotoWire, RotoWorld, um, as well as our own projections. So, combination of all of that. Whereas the X ranked is just you know where am I feeling? Where am I getting a temperature of ADP, recency and in news, uh, injury updates, positional battles, all that stuff. I update that regularly, um, so to make sure that when you're going into the draft client, you have at least the the most up to date information. Um, and obviously, you know, a lot of this is court of public opinion. You could be higher on a guy than I am or I'm too low on someone. Right. So it just kind of gives a baseline expectation of the the general range of where people are going and where you want to bank on value. You know, value always falls. So I could be devaluing someone where you could be high on them. So uh, I think it's just more so a, a guide. If you don't have time to do all the research on your own, you're going into a draft. Hey here's just some baseline expectation of where guys are going. And if you're targeting somebody where you could possibly get them. So I try not to make my rankings by law. They're not law by any means, right? These are things that are going to be ever, ever changing to news and information, but just gives you a baseline of expectation. 
And I think that's what's pretty fair for people to look at as well, because when they're differentiated from ranks and league, this is based on past performance in the ranking, whereas X ranks is, it's almost like a cheat code for like the Dan Titus big board in a way. It's like, where do you see, like, you know, it's pretty much like where well, you've got to look at X ranks is like, okay, maybe you were thinking about a power forward, like Pascal Siakam. You're going to rate Pascal Siakam much higher than other guys because you find that value and that eligibility. So that's a more of a that's more of an asset that you want to grab for your team. So it's going to shoot it up the X rank. So you got to look at these rankings as none, nothing is Bible. I think like the biggest lesson in fantasy is sometimes your gut is the is the goal. Like you know, people who were high on Paul Reed last season to draft him in for a couple of games and he blows up. Instead of thinking a more proven center, and then all of a sudden the guy gets a spot, they do some nice work, and then there's talk about him getting a starting position this season instead of PJ Tucker. So there's like guys who you just feel in your gut are going to have an opportunity. So like you said, man, it's like it's not a Bible law, but this is like a the Dan Titus big board is an X rank, and these are like these are the things you want to pay attention to and how they change from also ADP data. So it's like if you get the sample size of the three, like that's huge. Like if you look at the X rank, you look at the rank, and you look at the ADP. That's where you can find some really good cheeky value in your draft. Um, what is the biggest, what is the X rank this season that you find that you've got the best and the guy shot up to where you had them and you're like, yeah, I told you so. Where is the I told you so right now? Like, where is someone you were really hype on, you were really like leaning into this season and they've started to find that form in their ADP zone? Uh, it's probably Cade Cunningham because I think initially I had, I was, I think the market was kind of valuing him as like, oh, okay, he's kind of this breakout. He had a good, you know, rookie season and then he got hurt. So like, where does he kind of fit in off of an injury? But the Detroit Pistons got better in the offseason. I think getting Monty Williams there, uh, drafting a sore Thompson. Um, and they brought in a better point guard than, than Killian Hayes and, and Monty Morris. So I think that they, I think that they actually have, a better team now. So I was like, how do you factor that in there? Cause Cade was already like a top 40 draft pick last year. So how aggressively do I put him up there? And uh, I think right now I have him in the low thirties and coming off an injury. I feel like he's going to be better than a lot of people. And there's probably going to be a point if I see enough in training camp that maybe he can get into the high twenties um, or the late twenties. He's getting um, there. He's getting there. Yeah. He's, if if, like, if, if, if I have if any the sway, clock, if, if, if I have yeah. any sway in fantasy world, myself and Adam King, you know, Kingy, yeah, oh yeah, Kingy, we're yeah. trying to, we are so, we, yeah, Kingy, we're trying to, we're, 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 we've been high on Cade Cunningham. He literally looks like, he looks like Moses has come down with the tablets from, like, he's just this, like, he's just like the, the he's given the keys to the yeah. biblical temple of the Pistons. He's gone up there. He's met with Monty Williams. He's walked down with the 10 <laughs> Pistons commandments and he's going to start like laying sway to everyone in the NBA. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> hilarious. But, like, you're, but you're right though, man. And I think we caught a glimpse of it at um, over the course of the off season with the USA team, um, the the chemistry with him and Jalen Duren. I can't, I can't deny that connection. And um, I think him, I just actually wrote about it um, a couple of days ago, but, I think Jalen Duran with Cade Cunningham is like a LaMelo ball with Mark Williams. Like these guys have just a lot of upside of catching lobs, being that, that rim protecting threat. That's going to get you a double double um, with a good high field goal percentage and potentially some blocks too. So um, yeah. And Cade's is going to feed all that. I love it, man. I've got a bit of a theory. I'm actually doing a, a, a no one. This is, I guess if you're listening or watching this pod, we're pre-recording this one. We're going to, I'm doing one after, this this morning with um, Alex Reclean from CBS oh, and some of the inside guys as well. Um, like it's going to be good and it's a stacks draft. So I have this thing about stacks this season in the NBA. So I'm, I'm leaning into this fun punt build of getting some dudes and stacks. 
And I'm actually leaning into a bit of a piston stack because I've been picking up a Sewer Thompson so late. I think yeah, a Sewer is going to that, that stack with Aiden Durant. So I'm going to, so my stack today in the draft, and I haven't told anyone this, I haven't told Alex exactly. I said, these are the ones we're looking at because I've got a whole bunch of stacks theories. I'd love to get you on for a mock with stacks, man. This, it's this so fun. awesome because we only talk about stacks in football, but I, I love you this. do. I and that's where I've stolen this from because yeah. I'm new to, I'm, I'm new to football this season. Like I, I love my NFL. I played NFL when I was fat. I used to be like, I used to look like I ate me. And that's when I was playing in like the, yeah, man, I was like 130, 140 kilos. Like I was so, I was so big. It would maybe like a zero and then around to like the 120 and there was a gap and then back to zero. So I weighed like 13 kilograms. It was, it was nuts. So um, I used to play lineman and in Australia, we don't have that many guys playing. So you play offensive line, defensive line and specialty teams. So I was playing that for, for a couple of years and I decided to get back into NFL this season with fantasy. And I started looking at these stacks and look how the schedule was going this season. And I was like, geez, there's some fun stacks. So one that I'm high on, and I, here you go. This is, this is a Pacers stack. Think about a Pacers stack because that's what I'm going to try and draft today. Halliburton, Turner, Buddy Heald right now while he's still on the team. Obi Toppin, late, because I think there's breakout potential for that one. And you can get Benedict Matherin in at the end, but that one of like Halliburton and Turner, I'm really in on right there. But the big sleeper on that one is Bruce Brown. So you could literally take five paces and they've got a really friendly schedule. OKC, Shea, Giddy, Chet, just those three off the top and then you can do it. And then Pistons, man, I'm like doing, I'm, so my thing today is I'm going to try and get a paces stack going on. Like I'm, I'm drafting fifth. I'm going to try and pick up Tyrese. On my second round back, I was going to pick up Cade in the second round. I think it's way too early, but I'm not going to get him back on the third because I'm going to pick up Miles Turner in my third. And then I'm going to get Jalen Duran late, a Sewer Thompson late. And Jaden Ivey is being so slept on. You could literally, his, like there's guys. And then a Sewer Thompson at the very like second last pick in my draft. And so I've got these couple of, I'm, I'm just going to lean heavy into stacks. We don't know if it's going to be successful or not yet to actually look at it as a punt build because you don't want to stack too heavy. But at least if you go a couple of stacks, you could get some very friendly games with the schedule because there's a lot of four game in those final weeks. And especially if your commission is not a shithead and has you playing to the very end of the season when it's just like you need to, again, please sit down and have a counseling session with your commissioner and get them to move back the ending. March 24th. Mar no, no, March 24th is the magical date, man. Don't, don't leave it to chance of randomness of load management, no matter how much the league wants you to believe that they're going to enforce this thing. Like the players always find a way to get around it. So yeah, just end it early, less stress on everybody that's playing for some money or uh, even if you're playing for free, man, I don't want to be playing to the end and all my stars are out of, out of missing games. So like, it's not, it's not an enjoyable experience. March 24th. That's the date. Magical day, magical day. Um, man, loving the articles talking about like the platform and on, and on Yahoo right now. Um, I, I'm with you in this club. I, I just want to hold hands and sing Kumbaya. Because there's the, the one thing that stood out at the end of season, I, was, I said this when I want to get down on the show, because I want to sit down and have a commiserations and pour out a glass of Japanese whiskey for our 22-23 season of Jalen Green. Oh, big L's for us last year. What was your biggest L's apart from Jalen Green last season? And what were your biggest wins in fantasy last year? Oh, Brooke Lopez was a huge L. Um, that one was a that one was just beaming on the on the spreadsheet. Uh, Matt Lawson put together a, a list of analysts rankings by the end of the season. And um, I think Raphael Johnson from 
Roto World was the best on this particular guy. Then once they had him in like maybe top 60 or something, I had Brooke Lopez like 140, 150, somewhere deep buried. Him in the eighth, ninth round, like he was just sitting there and needed a center, man. Like <laughs> let's not let's not all say that we thought he was going to be like a goat last season. He was the best. Dude, buck. He, was he was the best last season. player of the year for the first two months of the season. Like this guy was, he was insane. He turned back the clock like. A decade, you know, playing Brooklyn Nets, Brooke Lopez here, all star Brooke Lopez. So, like, I'm not, I wasn't going to beat myself up to, on it too much, but like, he was just not on my radar enough that, like, yeah, I, I ranked him horribly. I think that was probably the biggest gap of anyone in my rankings that wasn't like, you know, a surprise like Jalen Williams. I didn't have him very high. Whereas, like, as the season progressed, I was on the train of, yo, you need to pick up this guy because this is for real. But, pre-draft i didn't think that he was going to make the impact that he did um on the flip side i would say my biggest win was probably darren fox i was super high on him ever since they acquired demonis Sabonis, i was like yo that connection another interesting stack potential there um i think that he's actually a really good player um that i thought was going to reach that all-star level and he just happened to do it because he was more efficient um, from the field, he shot threes, he made his free throws, like all those things. He had signs of, of being able to make that progression um, last season. So I was happy to to get on that one. Um, Jalen Brunson was another guy that I, I saw. I was very high on. I wasn't will- I was willing to, to spend that fourth rounder on him last year. I thought he was going to be phenomenal. And he was um, all the signs similarly to De- De'Aaron Fox. I thought that, you know, once Luca was injured in those that playoff run it was very apparent that Jalen Brunson could run an offense and that was actually perfect for Julius Randle too because the ball was in his hands less less turnovers Randle was a better fantasy performer by getting Brunson there so um I think I'm better at, at projecting guards than any other position but we'll see man I'm, I'm cooking up a couple sleepers and breakouts that I think will go a different way that aren't that aren't guards um it's gonna be an interesting season man I think there's still a lot to be figured out with this Damian Lillard situation and uh, healed now being on the block. I think there's going to be some interesting movement around training camp, but um, it's going to be a fun season, man. I can't wait. And I'm really curious to see what Donovan Mitchell goes with that talk in Cleveland that he's not going to sign that extension right now. Like you want to show out again, but he just showed out. So, I mean, like, I don't think there's, you don't want to be the Cleveland Cavaliers organization and not retain the services of Donovan Mitchell after all you gave up to get Donovan Mitchell. But again, he's still an NBA player. He's still a star. So he wants to showcase himself potentially to make himself more valuable because of the trade. He's not eligible for that Jalen Brown super, super max. So he's the one he wants to make sure he punches his ticket 100%. Mitchell, I think is good to be a top 20 player for sure. Could probably get to top 15. Um, I wouldn't be scared to draft him early second round. Um, they're going to be a really good team too. And I think Evan Mobley is, is the guy that I'm expecting to take the biggest leap yep. in that, in that uh, Cleveland, Cleveland Cavaliers, Cavaliers stack, team. baby Cavaliers stack. I love that. I think, I think that that's a great stack. A great. I stack. Lo- I'm a big high on that stack. Cause you can get a great first round pick, especially if you're at the tail end, like 10 or back end. Cause like you said, Donovan is going to be like a top 20. You could probably get him earlier on in mocks about 22 to 26, 28, but he wasn't falling really deeply into the third round. But he really now has crept up top 20. So if you're on the tail end anywhere from pick 8 to 12, and you can pick up Donovan Mitchell outside of that, I guess the trail right now is being like Durant, um, Anthony Davis falling around about the 14th pick. So then you shape out. People are really high on Anthony Edwards, where I prefer Donovan Mitchell over Anthony Edwards. Like, call that what you will. People might be like, 
But I definitely rate Donovan Mitchell this season over Anthony Edwards, just because there's so much going on in Minnesota that I'm not certain on. Yeah, they keep on they keep on saying that this is Ant's team now. This is Ant's team now. But there's still quite a few people in the room, man. Like Carl Anthony Towns is still going to need shots. Jaden McDaniels has looked great, and he's another late round guy that he doesn't need a lot of usage to be successful in fantasy. Like his he averaged a block and a steal last year, um, and he shoots threes at a forty percent, almost forty percent clip. So. I'm expecting him to get better. He's being so slept on, so slept on. He is, he is, and, and so I'm looking to that stack. And you could make a stack in the second round. You get a really, like, if, God, who knows? If you get Jason Tatum or someone like that to put up your points in that first one, in that first round, and you back on that to Donovan Mitchell, maybe in your second, you could pick up Evan Mobley probably fourth round if you're lucky, because that's early fourth round value. Third, you have your early fourth. You get Jared Allen in there. And all of a sudden, and that's, you know, you get Darius. If you get Donovan, Darius Garland for your assistant boy, that one, and you pick up Mobley, whew, that's a nice little look. And that's a sexy little stack, if I don't say. Um, you mentioned McDaniels. Do you have a, like, top – I know you're toying with it right now. Do you have early sleeper? A couple that you want to be, like, breakout sleeper guys that you are like, hmm, these are some, these are some people I'm looking at early. Um. Who is the main one? So I was just looking at my my list real quick. Um, I mean, I think that it's a little early, but I think this is going to be the year for Jalen Green, man. It's It's got to be. Like, I, maybe I'm doubling down, but I think it just made it a lot easier now that Kevin Porter Jr. is probably going to be gone. Um, I think that Jalen Green is going to take that leap in efficiency, and that's really what kept him outside of the top 200. He was better in points, rebounds, and assists last year. Um, now that he's got a, a good head coach that understands how to get buy-in from his players, they have a commitment defensively. That's not his best strong suit, but I think he's there to get a bucket. And playing alongside Fred Van Vliet is, is only going to make him better and more efficient. So um, I'm really excited about Jalen Green. I have him aggressively ranked in the top 70 this year, and he was definitely not that last year. So I think that that's one guy that I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be afraid to draft. I traded for him. I traded for him after draft day last season. I was with you. I was like high on the opportunity that he had on a on a on a cruddy Houston Rockets team. He had opportunity. I thought he was a really good pair with like Jabari Smith Jr. I, I just thought that pick and roll game with them could be in potential. And then it soured in the first ten games, and they were bickering with each other on the court, and there was disharmony under Silas. And you're right. You get an adult in the room, an MA Adoka, who wants to make a change. They've gone out and they've got assets to make a better basketball team. And I think this is like a, after the Kevin Porter Jr. situation, which is just horrible. Um, like, but there's an opportunity now. And I hate to be like that guy, like, oh, that's great. Well, it is, unfortunately, a shit situation. Like, but then this is what happens in the NBA and in life when you know this is the lemonade that you get out of it, which is Jalen Green in fantasy realm only we're talking about, not reality. Like that's a really dreadful situation. So in this, in this regard, Jalen Green now has the keys to the kingdom to be the best second guard opposite Fred Van Fleet. Um, I think I thought, I thought another name here. Um, I think Marco Fultz. I think this is the, this is the contract year that he's trying to get the bag. Um, I think he sees behind him. They drafted Anthony black who can play point guard. Cole Anthony's still there. Jalen Suggs is another body. They just have bodies there. And I think that we saw the growth that we've been looking for in Marco Fultz last year. He shot 51% from the field. He gives you the steals that you want at the point guard position. Um, his free throws improved. I think he's a guy that's going to be a lot better than his ADP may suggest. Um, you know, he could be a guy that's going to be flirting with that top 60 
um, playing with such dynamic players like Paolo Bancaro, Franz Wagner, Wendell Carter. This Orlando Magic team is going to be better, and I love targeting my sleepers on teams that people are probably disregarding that are going to be way better going into the season. So you talked about the Pacers earlier, another team that's been surprised, and that East is wide open, man. The Pacers is going to rise up along with the Orlando Magic. They're going to be a lot better this year. Dude, Magic stack. That's not a bad stack. Paolo, that's a lot of faith Wagner. in Paolo to get better, but I'm I'm with it. Oh, but you dropped it. If you can drop solid, then you just throw in a little cheeky stack on the side. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's not that fault, bad. Fault, fault, if you think fault, of Paolo, um, Carter Jr.? Yeah, that could definitely be done. That could I'm, be, I'm, I'm, like, I'm going to send you all my little stacks, man. I feel like you can have a, you can have a large stack or like a mini snack, like a Big Mac. I have a large, I've been large mini stacking the heck out of this. Like yeah. since I first said that on a podcast, I've been like, is this something that I could really push? I'm like, I'm going to be like the stacks guy. Cause it's just fun. Like if you, and if you can lean into it, you can get certain dudes at certain draw points and Markel Fultz, I'm right there with you in the, uh, in the honor of NBA jam. He is an absolute breakout star. I know Adam King has been picking him up late in the nineties quite frequently. So he's one of those point guards around the zone of uh, D'Angelo Russell who's right around there. And D'Angelo Russell will probably be a Dallas Maverick by the end of the season uh, or an Indiana Pacer. Because if the Lakers are going to trade, that's that contract again. I've just it's, it's such a friendly trade contract. It matches almost perfectly up with Buddy Hield. We know the Lakers have been trying to get Buddy. They're not going to sacrifice a whole bunch of pieces. I think they've learned that lesson over time. So if, but that Kyrie contract as well, by the way, that's shaking out. Like, man, I don't know. If Buddy, if Buddy goes early, I don't think it's going to be LA. If he goes late, it's 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 one of those ones. But D'Angelo Russell and Markel Fultz are all around that same zone in drafts right now in the late 90s. And Fultz has improved steadily since he's made a his comeback, you would say. So he's definitely someone to be watching on. Um, that being said, the guys who you're high on, is there a guy by way of Cat from last season, the guys who are like, you're really high, their floor is there, but they, if their floor drops they just drop back in your drafts. Like similar to Cat last year, everyone was like top 12 for Cat. And obviously he came back quite low because of the situation. Is there someone that you think right now is being ranked very highly and that you haven't maybe in your X ranks put up there as much? And that's where there's this discrepancy because like, actually, no, I don't see that opportunity. In fact, I think it's going to be worse for them and I'm bringing them back down my board. Hmm. Uh, I would say that's probably overrated um i mean i would it's probably lazy but ben simmons like I, i've seen people trying to buy in back into like whoa ben's healthy i don't think it's worth the headache man like i'm gonna continue to rank him low just because i i don't know what version of him we're gonna get and if he winds up being great and he's 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 better in terms of the mental wellness and his and his mental health mental wellness as well as his health his back issue and his knee issue awesome you're getting a great value but i, I just can't Based off what we've seen over and the last, he's not playing for the Australian Boomers issue. <laughs> so that's a very personal one here in Australia. We no, just want to believe him. I'll be green that shade too. <laughs> like, come on, no, bro. man. This, like, this, this, this... Come on, like you got to represent. Come on, man. Just play. I really wanted to play fun. for there's us. Other, the there's other NBA players that are playing for their native teams because they want that competition, like for their net, their their nation, um, which is awesome. So yeah, I don't know. The, the Ben is is just a one of those weird guys that I'll probably not come around on unless I actually see it. Zion Williamson's probably similar. I rank him lower than what his per game value would suggest. And that's only because like, I don't know what version of him I'm going to get. So I think no matter what, I would say that he's going to be a little bit overvalued in the market. Um, just given that the health risks there. And I think that there's a bunch of landmines with the people that are load managing, like even though 
the NBA stipulated this 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 rule change, you know, Kawhi Leonard's still going to be one of the best per game performers, but by nature of the way that he, you're not just not going to get him for as many games. So like, there's certain players that I think are going to be overvalued based on your format. So if you're playing in a roto league. Kawhi Leonard's fine. It doesn't matter how many games he plays because what he does across the board is consistent and efficient. But if you're talking about head to head, I'm going to need you for, I want you for 70 games. So I'm going to rank someone like Jason Tatum over certain guys. Like I, at first I actually had Jason Tatum over Joel Embiid because as much as Embiid is talking about how he's in the best shape of his life, I don't know how he's going to fare with Nick nurse. Like, I don't know what Nick nurse's rotation is going to be. Like he plays his guys, heavy minutes, usually heavy minutes doesn't equate to much more than uh, a nagging injury for Embiid being randomly out on a Wednesday night. Like Jason Tatum. That's a really good point with your second pick. That's actually a really good red flag. I mean, I've just thought about the natural, but you're really right. If you think about the coaching style of Nick, that's a really good point. I might actually lean into if I get a second pick, I might even prefer a Luca. I have, I have Luca over, I think I have Luca over Joel right now. Um, man, I've been I've been tempted to I've been tempted to move Joel to like five just because of also that James Harden situation. I feel like he's I don't know if they're gonna the Sixers are gonna come back to the table or not or whether he's gonna I don't know if he's gonna fish his wish. Yeah, I don't know, but I actually, uh, you know what, that's a really good, because again, when we're thinking about this with the analyst hat on, you've got to think about the, like, part of it's all numbers. I mean, like, there's so much that's just numbers, 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 yeah. numbers, like the math has got a math. But when the math doesn't make sense, the reason math doesn't make sense is because of humans. Yeah. And it's always human error. And human error is coaching. It's people, it's egos, it's attitudes in the room. Because again, we are talking about the NBA, yeah. one of the most soap you know, ego-driven <laughs> like soap operas that, are, that exist these days. Even you see it in the news feeds and yeah. the media feeds, there's a lot of this trade. I mean, look at, look, at the, look, look at the Dame situation. If that is not like days of our lives for the <laughs> right. NBA, I don't know what is right now. Just like to talk about I love, the NBA, 100%. <laughs> like this is, am I Tyler Hero? Ain't no friends in this business. But I'm going to do something cool with my glasses on a different way. Like, wait a minute. I'm going to wear something. I wear my glasses on the side of my hat like this from Tyler Hero. Like, ain't no friends in this business. Well, no, there's not because it's a business yeah. and you're still a basketball player. And I know how many times Jimmy Butler's worn your jersey and spoken you up, but Jimmy Butler wants buckets and Jimmy Butler Jimmy wants Butler championship wants that rings. Ring. And <laughs> right. He, don't give, he wants that don't ring. And, uh, <laughs> Have you not seen what thermonuclear dumping sites that he's left organizations in previously with young guys? This is Damian Lillard. He wants Damian Lillard. Damian wants to go there. See a Tyler. It's not hard, but it's just, it's, it's, it's cents on the dollar for, for what Damian Lillard brings to the organization. So I think there's a, there's this opportunity for guys to be moved around with these egos that slip them up. And at the end of the day, even if Kyrie stays or goes in Dallas, regardless of what you believe at the end of the day, He's still Luca. He's still going to play a bunch of games. He's still going to fill your stat sheet, but he hasn't. I mean, he gets injuries, but not to the niggling nature. Try and say that three times fast. Niggling, niggling nature of Nick Nurse injuries um, that could possibly be plaguing Joel Embiid this season, which is a really good point when you're drafting high because you do not want to burn. Like it's not going to tank your draft entirely, but you don't also want it to like derail it when you're trying to bank on a build that's based around one particular person as well. Exactly right. And and I think that that's where, you know, I think drafting the Shea Gilders Alexander is another team that's going to be way better this year um, in, the, in the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Indiana Pacers with Tyrese Halliburton, J- Jason Tatum. Like those guys, I'm they're going to play 70 games. Like it's just where they are in their careers, um, their contract situations. Um, 
and they're at that age where they're not over the hill to the point where I'm like, should I be questioning whether you're going to take some games off or not? Like Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant's a great fantasy player. Another great guy for Roto because you don't know how many games you're going to get. Um, Bradley Beal, same thing. I just don't know how many games I'm going to get. So just keep that in mind. Like, sure, is MV, is is Embiid an MVP caliber player year in, year out? Yes. And do you want him on your team? Is he a good fantasy player? Absolutely. But you have to think about if you're playing in head-to-head category leagues, how many games are they going to play? Because that is probably one of the most underrated factors of availability is probably one of the best underrated stats that you can have. Um, so Tatum, I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. I think it's when if you put in your big, if you do analytics behind the scenes, so if you just don't draft for fun and you're doing it, if you're being competitive and you put together your table of how many expected games, I look at my games played over the rest of my competition in my league. Like 100% I'm looking down there. And if I'm getting like 800, and, man, if I'm getting like 840 games throughout my course of my season, 850 and my competition has 20 less games, 30 less games. I mean, it's over the weeks, but it's games. It's games, 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 games. And head to head, volume is going to help you. It might take your turnovers. That's why I kind of always just take that out of my equation a little bit. I mean, I don't, I know I sound like a jerk saying, I just punt for turnovers. No, I do consider them because it's a cat and you want to win a category, but I can win. If I can win two at the sake of one, that's where I'm kind of leaning into with that. So that's where I kind of look into that very heavily. Um, mate, before I let you go, Dan, I've got some fast, que- I've, got, I've got fast five for you. I've got five questions that I haven't pre-prepared and I've, got, I've sent you a few, like, maybe they're going to be like this. I'm going to ask you a couple of them because I know you're a bit of an old head and we already did the video game one. Uh, but I've got, five, I've got five questions for you that are NBA-related and non-NBA-related. First one of this one, who's your favorite all-time player? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, at its peak, Allen Iverson, Dark Horse, Penny Hardaway, the GOAT, Michael Jordan. I like that. I'm a big Penny fan. I was wearing my Penny jersey. Oh, actually, I'm not, talk Penny jersey. Wearing it, I was wearing oh, that's it. That's still beside me. The white, the white colorway. Oh man, that is that's tough. I got a Penny. I literally was wearing. I was. I, I was wearing it this week. It was so hot here. Oh, is that? I got a uh, little starting lineup doll of uh, Penny Hardaway and the Mad. Nice. I got the little Penny Pop Funko as well. Oh, do you? Um, oh, yeah, I'm a massive <laughs> man. Yeah, yeah. Penny and Shaq, uh, Zoe and Larry Johnson back in the day oh, were like snap. my go players. Oh man, that was a squad, love them. Man. That was the like Charlotte that was, team was that dirty. was it. That was a dirty team, man. If you were a, if you were a hot dog, what sauce would you like on you? Mustard, dark mustard, preferably. Dark? What's dark mustard? Is that some kind of weird American mustard we don't know about? Like a spicy brown. It's usually like a little bit darker in, te- in, uh, in color. You usually got some brown dots in it. Um, I probably have of, one in the fridge somewhere. But you got to send me a picture. Yeah, no, you got to send me a picture oh, of this mustard. It's, it's, I don't even know what's crucial. Absolutely crucial. Not the standard yellow, like, like bright yellow mustard. No, no, no. Got to be no, spicy brown. No. Man, what is your favorite sneaker? Ooh, favorite sneaker. Jordan fours, bread. So black, red, gray colorway. Yeah, yeah. The the the, the bread the bread colorway. Very nice. Uh, who are you grabbing this season? No matter what in fantasy. Ooh, no matter what. Got a lot of Alperen Shingun so far. Um, he's my he's my center that I think is gonna is gonna do work. Um, I know they were talking about getting a, a backup center all offseason noise. I, I think that the Alperen Shingun is going to be awesome with Ime Udoka uh, and Fred Van Vliet and, and et cetera. Do you think that's driven to make him work harder on defense? I do. 
And that, and I think, and but I also think that he knows that he can play through him a little bit. So I think we're going to see him unlocked, unleashed. Uh, and last question of all of the experiences that you had in fantasy since you made the move to being a full time analyst, what has been the number one experience or that you've had with a bullet apart from this podcast? I mean, no. <laughs> um, I I don't know that I have a singular memory. I, I think it's more so just the, appreciating the journey along the way because it's been um it's been a unique opportunity to build your own brand and kind of shoot for the star, shoot for your dreams and actually see it get somewhere. Um, I think I pretty, I pretty much always took the safe route. I went to college, I got a job, I got a job that paid me, you know, that type of thing. Like I feel like I followed the rules, whereas this was like my first time going rogue and uh, it's scary, but you know, I think it also has just made me grow not only as a person, but professionally. And I get to talk to people like you and, and make all these different connections in the sports world that I wouldn't normally have done um, had I not made that journey and that leap to to uh, do this full time. So, yeah, I think it's just appreciating that, man. And I've, I think I should give a shout out to um, Adam Koffler, Zach Hanchu, Alex Burns. I started out with those guys like we had our own podcast and we didn't think it would actually be anything. It started out just like, hey, we're kind of cool and we all love talking hoops, even though we all you know have day jobs and everything. But we set aside some time, build out our fancy podcast. And I was like. I think I could do this all the time. And so that that's kind of what gave me the motivation to do it. And everything else has just been uh, grinding, man. And uh, it's awesome. I can't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask for anything better. Man, it's a blessing to, to do what you love every single day, man. hundred percent. Really is. It really is. And then having a drink in the, in t- for a nightcap too, with some, with some good Japanese whiskey. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. I can recommend several barrels. And it is Friday night over there in the Pacific. So thank you very much. Saturday morning here. And it's your birthday on Sunday. So happy birthday from myself and all of the uh, Insight Fantasy Sports team and the Inside Podcast Network. Dan Titus, thank you. Check out Dan. You've just dropped an article today on your tiered centers list. So make sure you check that out on Yahoo. I had my alert go off this morning for that one. Any uh, plug away. Plug, 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 plug. Yeah. So I got some really exciting stuff coming this season for Yahoo. Definitely more video stuff. Um, articles every week, of course. Uh, make sure you want to check out my rankings for points leagues and category leagues. That's already up. Um, that will be frequently changing. But um, if you're going into drafts, make sure you have that handy just in case if you need a little resource to uh, kind of uh, outperform your league mates there. And uh, yeah, man, it's a lot of exciting stuff coming along the way. So continue to tap in with me and uh, appreciate the time, Matt. This is awesome. Anytime, Dan. Thank you so much. You take care of yourself. This has been an Insight NBA podcast. Make sure you click the links all below. You like, you subscribe, and get on there. And again, when we hit to 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, which we're getting close, it's edging up there. I and the team, we're going to just put it together for you. If you get your name in the comment section of this video, we're going to take all of those viewers and those watches. We're going to put them all in a list. We're going to do a random prize draw, and we're going to send you one lucky person a custom NBA jersey with your name on the back of your favorite team just to say thank you very much for subscribing. So put your name in the comments below. Hope you like the video. Check out Dan's stuff on Yahoo. We're the Insight NBA Podcast Network. Take care all.